0: Welcome to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Well, he's not giving up the gavel or taking off the robe just yet. Superior Court Judge Jesse Caldwell is retired from the bench, but he's not leaving just yet. We're talking to him about what his plans of retirement are and why you'll still be seeing him around in quite a few places here in Gaston County. We are here on Savvy Citizen with Judge Jesse Caldwell, and I, I would say recently retired Judge Caldwell, which is true, but you're not really hanging up the robe just yet, right?
1: Adam, I'm not. I, um, I turned 72 in May, and I had to take mandatory retirement. Very interesting. Judges, uh, that's the only elected official Uh, who has to retire at a particular age. Not true for president, governor, senator, mayor, whatever.
2: I did not know that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so uh, and that law was passed back in the 70s. Uh, Back then, I was in my 20s. I thought, well, that's pretty good law. You don't want somebody who's too old and feeble and senile on the bench in their 70s. Suddenly, it doesn't seem like too good a law. (laughs) (laughs) But but anyway, uh, but uh, a couple of things. Number one. I'm eligible to do a fill-in work for judges who are on vacation or sick or what have you. Plug me in. And we're circuit riders. Supreme court judges don't hold court exclusively in their home county, Gaston, for me, where I'm elected. Mm-hmm. But um, we, we're circuit riders. We hold court uh, all over the state. And so I've held court in many, from from uh, Murphy to Wilmington and all over in between. So, uh, So I'm going to be doing some of that. I've also going to be a, uh, a certified mediator to help settle civil cases. Uh, there was a program started uh, statewide back in the early 90s to have mandatory mediation. Uh, the Constitution says you have an absolute right to jury trial in your civil cases as well as a criminal. That's where private parties sue each other. We're going to give that to you. Never take it away from you. But We are going to make you go try to settle it beforehand. We can't make you settle it, can't force you to, but while you're there, why don't you at least try And you'd be amazed how many cases get settled early on. saves attorney's fees, saves time, saves stress, and saves energy. And so uh, I've taken the uh, the course and the training and done the observations, and so I've been certified now by the Dispute Resolution Commission, so I'll be doing some of that. There are several other opportunities that have been extended to me that – that uh, some people say, hey, would you be interested? Mm-hmm. So uh, I've got several lunches planned where I'm going to be talking uh-huh. to people about things. So some doors are opening up. And so I'm, um, um, yes, yes, I retired from the bench, but I'll still be doing some, a little judicial work, still be doing some, uh, some um, legal work in the mediation and maybe in some other realms too. So it's exciting. i mean
2: what about acting and DJing? I read that you do that too. So are you gonna are you yeah, gonna retire you from that also?
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> you 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 do your homework. <laughs> I probably intensify that, increase it. Nice. I uh, years ago as a young lawyer. Well, I was in high school. I I loved the class plays, but uh, as a young lawyer, I got involved in the little theater, and uh, and then the Methodist Church, First Methodist Church, opened a the theater. We and I guess I did. About thirty shows oh, over wow. the years, uh, and directed uh, uh, about four or five plays. And was in the red and enjoying the acting. It was a lot of fun. Good way to meet. People. There was a number of us lawyers that helped us in our with our dramatic uh, sure. operations in court to Absolutely. to be yeah. on the stage. It really did. There were a number of us that did that. And it was it was a good. It was single back then, and but when I got married, we can have children and down at the theater for you know four or five nights. Uh, for four or five hours at a time, you mm. miss your child's first step or something. Yeah. So I had to put that on the back burner, but now I'm um, uh, the kids are grown and I'm I'm in a position where I can maybe get back in the theater. The DJ, thank you, Jen, for asking. Is uh, that's a lot of fun. I, I volunteer. Uh, I help out sometimes at WSGE uh, ninety one point seven, the Gaston College radio right. station, and I listen. They have uh, eclectic music, uh, all kinds of different genre of music, but uh, I especially like the beach and the soul and that kind of stuff, and I've really got, gotten into it, mm-hmm. and uh, love the color of the commentary about the background and the, of the bands and the singers and the stories that had this come about. So, I'm going to okay. do, hopefully, more of that, and um, again, some other doors are opening for some other avocations and hobbies, and so, uh, it's an exciting
0: time. I feel like people... Either go one of two directions. They retire, and it's like I'm going to go fish, or I'm going to be in a cabin, and I'm just I'm done with everything. Or in your case, it seems like you're going to be busier than ever.
1: Well, I um, uh, I hope so. In fact, uh, when Governor Hunt interviewed me for this position uh, back in 1993, Judge Robert Kirby from Cherokeville retired. Governor Hunt appointed me, and then I ran for election in the next cycle and got elected thereafter. I, I was involved. One of the reasons I think I got appointed, I was involved in a lot of community activities. Mm. And he told me, he said, now, I don't want you to do less when you're on the bench. I want you to do more. Use your judgeship <laughs> for the good of the bench. So, I, I, you know, I think um, I think I can bring the experience I've had from the bench to a number of different um, activities and all. My father had been a doctor, delivered so many babies. He was an obstetrician in Gaston County. I had people come up to me every day. Your daddy delivered me. <laughs> and when he retired, he became involved in the uh, State Medical Society, became president, became a delegate to the AMA, Medical, Medical, American Medical Association. So I, I kind of, I th- I think I've got that from him. He was still involved and engaged and engrossed in things, but not in the same way as when he was actually working in the profession.
2: So you're from Gaston County then? I
1: am, yeah. yeah. I'm a homeboy. So, yeah.
2: What's your response when someone says your daddy delivered me?
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very touched. It, 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 it's a it, it's always a happy thing, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of a connection there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's a, uh Certainly a good icebreaker, but but uh, and usually there's a little story behind it, uh, and
0: um, uh, it's uh, very heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably a bit more of a, a happy thing. Like, hey, your dad delivered me, as opposed to like, hey, I was in your court for <laughs> yes. a criminal <laughs> yeah. citation. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had,
1: uh, I, I, was at a, I was in a restaurant one time with uh, several friends, and a uh, waiter brought my plate, and he said, uh, how you doing tonight, Judge Caldwell? I said, uh, doing pretty good. He said, uh, do you remember me? I said, no. He said, uh, you Gave me 10 years in prison. Said, oh my uh, gosh. Oh, okay. He said, Hope you enjoy your
2: meal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I might take that yeah, one. To go. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, oh man, uh, well, I, I mean, you talk about like that you're based here in Gaston County, but you said, I mean, you've held court really all, all, all over, over the, the state, state, Adam, all over the state, yeah.
1: It started. Uh, the, uh, the superior court uh, judges were the um, the first state judges uh, until 1968. Every little town had its own recorder's court or municipal court or whatever. And then they, in 1968, with what they call court reform, they had district court judges. But so, and there were not many superior court judges in the state. You know, back in the 1800s, 1870s, so um, they had to rotate. They were they were circuit riders, mm-hmm. and that is has continued, but it, it, it's it's such a good thing, because here's the thing. Most of us, when you get to the point where you are elected or appointed to a position, you've been so involved in your committee, you know, so many people. Right. And there are cases where I have to ex- take myself out. We call it recuse ourselves, mm-hmm. because I know people. Right. I, I know too much about the case or what have you. Sure. So when I go to Marion, or if I go to Lumberton, or if I go to uh, Winston-Salem, I don't know the lawyers. I don't play golf with them. I don't go to church with them. Right. Right. I don't know what these cases are about. I don't know what the newspapers are writing about, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. And it really adds a layer of independence, uh, judicial independence, uh, that um, I think helps the integrity of the system. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: So you were, were you a lawyer before you became a judge?
1: Yes, sir. Adam, I was a lawyer for 20 years. Okay. I, can't, I went to uh, Hunter. I'm, I'm a big Hunter Huss supporter. I, I went to Hunter Huss, and nice. uh, I was in the third graduating class, and uh, big Husky. And so when I went to UNC Chapel Hill for college and law school, uh, I came back to Gaston County, which is one of the five best things that ever happened to me in my life. Mm. I'm back home untold opportunities mm-hmm. avail themselves to me. Uh, and so um, I, I had clerked during the uh, summers at law school with a brilliant attorney, biggest name in town. Pat Cook was his name. He's passed away now. And uh, But when I got in, he didn't have an opening, but I went in to work with a brilliant lawyer named Joe Roberts. Worked with him for four years, learned so much with him. And then, and it was a general practice back then, Most of the lawyers in town did just about everything. It wasn't practice really, Uh, people didn't specialize like they do now. Things Mm -hmm. weren't uh, quite as complex in every area. Uh, Then I became an assistant public defender in the late 70s. It was a three county district, Gaston, Lincoln, and Cleveland County. Uh, Did that for two and a half years. Hung out my own shingle, primarily doing trial work, criminal and civil trial work, for three years. Uh, Went in with uh, a friend of mine who I'd worked with before in Joe Roberts' office, Jeff Planer. We were there for about nine years together. So, uh, at the end, after about 18 and a half years, our public defender, Chip Conner, had a stroke, and I was appointed to be the chief public defender. I went back to the office where I'd been 12 or 15 years before and held that job, the chief public defender, for a year and a half until the Superior Court vacancy came open in 93 and Judge, I mean, Governor Hunt appointed me. So, I was a lawyer for 20 years and a judge for 28
0: years. Wow. I've heard that being a public defender is one of the most difficult jobs in the legal profession in terms of it's, it's not one of the more high-paid jobs. It's a lot of long hours and just a, an immense caseload, typically.
1: All of that is true, and but like with so many other things, it has its uh, its benefits. Uh, to be able to have the honor of representing Someone that you know has no means to right. defend themselves; they they can't afford it. They uh, and, and I mean, that's what equal justice is all about in this country—to yeah. be able to give a top as best you can a top quality a defense to somebody who's uh, impoverished is uh, is is an honor. Uh, it can be very difficult because. In some cases, you can't even get the person's mother to come in and say a good word for them. I've had that before. And uh, a lot of the clients uh, can be difficult. But but uh, it, it's a very rewarding thing. In fact, my son, Jesse Caldwell IV, is an assistant public defender now. He's been there for 10 years mm. in the office. and uh, With Gaston? Here in Gaston. Oh, wow. Yeah, right here. He's, he's in Belmont and uh, with his wife and son. So... Uh, but Adam, it, it 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 it's a challenging job. The caseload is huge. Uh, there are some resources. They have some investigators and paralegals and and what have you. But it, it's a difficult job. It, it's rewarding, and to me, very gratifying to know that you are helping effectuate the mission of the Constitution:
2: mm-hmm.
1: equal justice for all, right? Equal protection of the law.
2: So, I'm just curious, what's your most memorable case?
1: Well, um, you know, there are, well, I did did, probably the most, well, I've done death penalty cases, Mm -hmm. double death penalty cases. I had one in Charlotte where two people were killed the same night. Uh, You know, maybe the most memorable case on one hand was a three-judge panel Mm -hmm. legislature created a law that said if if the state, if a statute's constitutionality is challenged to be unconstitutional on its face, we want a three-judge panel, not one judge, but three judges, to hear that. So, Governor Cooper filed a lawsuit against uh, the uh, the uh, leaders of the General Assembly, um, Senator um, Berger, Senator Pro, uh, Pro Tim of the uh, leader of the Senate, and right. Representative Tim Moore from Kings Mountain, as Speaker of the House. Concerning the Board of Elections, a merger of the Board of Elections and the uh, uh, State Ethics Commission. And so I was not only put on the panel, but I was made the senior judge because of my longevity. And the case involved two different lawsuits over a two year period with about 15 orders entered. And it was highly complex state constitutional litigation. And my job, we do a lot of federal constitutional uh, litigation, but we don't do much state. Mm-hmm. And it was a very memorable case. But then there are the, the cases where, um, <laughs> you know, I, I remember where, like, I, I remember one time in a probation case, I had this, and sometimes I like to read the Ryan Act to, to, to these folks uh, who were in there. And so this, we had a very busy morning, had a bunch of files, and they they, they uh, call this fellow up there, and and I'm looking at the violation report, and I said, so, so you admit that you uh, uh, that you tested positive for drugs? No, I denied it. And it, well, your lawyer just admitted this, and you admitted that you violated your curfew. No, I didn't. And I'm, I said, you're lying to me, son. You're lying <laughs> to me. And finally, I got to the point, I just said, i bet you won't even admit your name. Your name is Sam Smith. He said, no, I'm Bob Jones. <laughs> I picked up the wrong file, Oh, man. so I, I had to profusely apologize. And uh, you all are too young to remember Saturday Night Live, Gilda Radner, but she did this character Emily Latella, who would say, "Never mind," you know.
2: So it's <laughs> one of my mom's favorites. She oh, loved yeah. Gilda Radner. Oh
1: gosh, she was she was fabulous. So I'm telling that on myself. That was kind of memorable. But so uh, the but but I will say this: there was a a case where uh, a man, a young boy, actually 22. Killed, was drunk, going, I seventy seven the wrong way, killed uh, two, oh, two two young girls, beautiful girls, college freshmen, mm-hmm. and I sent him to prison for a long time. And uh, he wrote me a letter about six months later. Said I would, and he would, He was crying in court, very remorseful. We don't say that too often. He asked for the mothers' addresses so he could write them. So I said, I, I said it. Letter to the DA. The DA talked to them. One one mother said, "Yeah, I'll end right there." They developed a correspondence, wow, and a friendship. And she visited him in the prison. Oh, they each were able to gain some closure mm-hmm. because of that. And wow. you know, uh, so things like that, things that you wouldn't even think about, are things I remember.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. Not to the, I mean, I guess it's similar, but it reminds me a little bit of what happened with the dylan roof case in charleston where you had some of the members that literally showed up in court and basically said like i can't believe you did what you did but we still love you and we forgive you thank you exactly and i like that's mind mind. blowing it blows
1: your mind yeah Mm -hmm. that's it that's good good comparison
0: yeah you're listening to savvy citizen we're here with judge jesse caldwell he's been a judge for more than 25 years here in gaston county and was a longtime public defender before that. So I know in, in reading up a little bit about you, and I had Andrew bring you water so that, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Um, as, as much as you're known for your legal prowess, you're also known as a bit of a snappy dresser. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you.
1: Actually, I would have been more flamboyant today, but I've been invited to a, uh, a ribbon cutting, uh, cutting of a law firm over in Shelby, Okay. And I didn't want to steal the show. Ah, right. I yeah. wanted to be respectful. You know, I, as an actor, I know my part, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, w- I would have worn a, a floral jacket and or in here today or what have you. Uh, it, uh, but thank you. Uh, yeah, I enjoy the the flamboyant clothes. the the, um, the the bar gave reception for me the last day on the bench, and it was in in the public forum where the commissioners meet. And I wore a robe that uh, uh, my Sunday school class 30 year 28 years ago, when I won the bench, had given me that I had never worn. They took a choir robe, a black robe, and put multicolored sleeves on there, kind of like Joseph in his <laughs> coat of many colors. Oh, wow. And they had, it had, um, they had taken some kind of, um, I don't know how they did it, but they had. Sayings on there, vote for me, I s- I'll set you free, and uh-huh. who, who am I to judge? And, uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> ju- yeah, and, uh, and, and, and all over. So I wore that that day, and that was a lot of fun. I greeted a lot of friends I hadn't seen in a while. But uh, I learned this as a lawyer, I, and I tried to emulate and copy Pat Cook and Joe Roberts, the lawyers I trained under. Mm. I had to learn. I had to find my own voice, my own persona, my own personality. Same with the judges. There were two or three judges I really respected admired. and admired. Being a, an actor, I'm a pretty good mimic, I'm a pretty good impersonator, and I, but I found myself s- sounding like that, even doing my voice that way, and, I, and I, I, I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to be myself, and so that was, I started off dressing pretty conservatively, on the bench, and of course, I had to wear the black robe. But sure. But otherwise, and I finally, I said, "I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to show mm-hmm. up with my multicolored seersucker and my madras and what have you."
2: So. And I'm sure courtrooms can always use a little touch of personality in them too. So that and that was helpful.
1: Absolutely, and um, you know, it's it's um, uh, that in humor. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I I, I learned um, in my theater background is that. Uh, well, the difference between the Greek tragedies and the Shakespearean tragedies, Shakespeare understood that you could only sustain tension for so long. You have to break the tension, and he would break it with humor, Falstaff or the fool, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, he would put humor there. The, the Greek tragedies would, didn't have any of that. You know, King Oedipus going out, you know, eyes gouged out or whatever. <laughs> but, but, but Shakespeare, uh, and, and there was always an. Little positive spin at the end of the tragedy, but he had humor in appropriate places, and in court, it's a it's a solemn, serious, dignified place. But there's a, an appropriate place for humor there to break the tension, and it's a serious enough thing. Everybody needs that, and so uh, I sometimes would uh, use appropriate humor, and I well, and the lawyers knew I welcomed that. So you're right, a splash of color, a splash of humor, it just makes
2: did it ever go the wrong way when you used humor? I've done a lot of things the
0: wrong
1: <laughs> way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've bombed a number of times and had to apologize, just like I did when I picked up the wrong file. But, sure. uh, But – um
2: I used to have to go to court a lot. as a, I was a former social worker, and, oh, and I'm trying to imagine you know those situations, like when I could have made a joke, and I just – I wouldn't mm-hmm. even take the risk. But I guess it's – yeah, it's got to be perfect timing. Well, I tell you what,
1: I you know – um yeah, it's, it, you know, do I or don't I, do I or don't I, mm-hmm. it's just like in, in, in a in a setting, should I tell this story or not, mm-hmm. I err on the side of caution mm-hmm. and don't do it. But a friend of mine <laughs> recently said, Colwell, you know how you've hit the ball out of the park and made the right decision when you tell a story in a, to a group that you don't really know, you know? And I said, no, how? He said, when you see somebody lean over to their husband or wife and say, I don't think I would have told that. You knew it hit the ball out of the park. <laughs> it's a little too much for me, but. uh oh, that's amazing. So, anyway, uh, and, and the other thing about the court proceedings is it's so easy to get wrapped up in this stuff that you. Uh, you it's so important for the court personnel to take breaks. These court porters are taking all this stuff down, the court clerks, the, but everybody needs uh, their breaks, the lunch break. Uh, I'm sad to say some of my colleagues don't always do that. They get caught up. They just move on. Mm-hmm. And I've had w- w- one of the gratifying things that's really touched me is I've, got, I've heard from some court personnel across the state who say, you know what, you, you looked after us. And uh, there was a time at 5 o'clock on Memorial Day weekend. Jury was still deliberating. Should we stay? Should we not? You called us out. You said, can you all stay? Can you, do you have commitments for the evening? And they said, "We we could stay, but other some of the other judges maybe wouldn't have asked us that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you got kids to pick up a daycare, right, maybe you right. got a second job or what have you. And so, um, so when you're up there on the bench, there's a lot going on. The other interesting thing, hope I'm not digressing too much, is no. is you can see everybody's looking at you, but you're looking at everybody, and you can see what's going on, and you can see. The mother-in-law back there of somebody he shaking head, he's lying, he's lying. <laughs> the funniest oh. thing is, it's like a movie theater on the back row. The guy, the gal, smooching or passing notes, mm. you know, huddled yep. up there, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, I usually let them do it uh, unless it gets too, uh, you know, <laughs> too distracting.
2: I was always on the back row on my phone that I wasn't supposed to be uh, on, so I was hiding. There so. you go. You probably hey, saw me then. <laughs>
0: So I wonder, in in the course of being involved in the legal system for, gosh, almost 50 years, what has changed for the better and what, in your view, still needs reform? Because obviously it's an imperfect system and always will be. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um,
1: technology has totally revolutionized the law in terms of, to begin with, legal research and in terms of... Uh, uh, your office communications and, and work product. But um, in civil lawsuits, we have a uh, discovery where you're entitled to see the other side's uh, evidence against you. And uh, in the old days, that would just be a file or maybe in a corporate case, a box. Now, there could be tens of thousands of, of uh, documents on email, on cell phones, yeah. text and all that. And, I mean... Sadly, litigation is becoming a rich person's game, civil litigation. Mm-hmm. And uh, just and, and, and the whole idea is any that's been altered. Has been, and, and sometimes we've had to take computers into the uh, possession of a neutral party to download it, to make sure nothing gets modified. Uh, things have gotten much better racially. Mm. They're still not where they need to be. There's still a lot of progress that be, needs to be made there. When I when I became a lawyer there there was a judge from not Gaston County but who would come in who would use the n-word in court
0: Wow we're talking about the 70s at this point early 70s 73 okay. 74 wow I mean
1: it was I, I, you know I, I I was astounded but uh, uh, and 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 other epithets and other things like that. Mm -hmm. Others were far more subtle about it. It was more nefarious. Mm -hmm. Things have gotten a lot better, but there's still a lot that needs to be done. So those are two areas that come to mind. And I, I, I will say this, in terms of technology, I have tried four cases in Charlotte, cold Hit rape cases. Hmm. And one was solved 37 years after the fact.
0: My goodness.
1: The, uh, there were two girls. They were each 16 at the time. When they came in, they were early. We came in, they were grown women, mm-hmm. grandma. They were early 50s. They were going to find them. And, but, and, and what happened was with DNA, now there's some law. And so there was a prisoner in this case. Who was uh, booked in uh, South Carolina co- prison in Columbia, and so he took his DNA. And there's a national data bank on this, CODIS. Mm-hmm. And so the cold hit case takes uh, uh, back in the 70s. They didn't have DNA, but they preserved the uh, the rape kit. Right. So they took the rape kit. They did the DNA on that. They put it in the computer and it scans it and it bingo identifies the guy in the South Carolina prison. One in, like fifty-six billion that it would be somebody else. I mean, it's yeah. just, and I've I tried four of those, and each one was over twenty-five years old. Each case. It's unbelievable.
2: When yeah. did you try these cases? Were they more recently? Yeah,
1: more uh, within the the last one was uh, three years ago.
2: So is that when the Codis kind of database came out? Was yes, about it three years ago.
1: Came, well, it actually, came out probably about eight or ten years ago. Okay.
2: But, but more people are doing the tests. Yeah, and, you know. uh, well,
1: those those uh, agencies that have the money, the funding,
0: McElberg, Sean mm-hmm. McElberg's got a lot of money. Well, but, I know that was yeah. a big push from the Attorney General from Josh Stein's yes, office yes, yes, to absolutely. really get those backlogs yeah, cleared.
1: Yeah, 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 recently that was done, yeah. Uh, it, but, but it uh, the cases I did were, I'd say, within three to seven years ago. I tried four of them. Yeah, but, uh, and you're right, Attorney General Stein has really pushed that, yeah. yeah.
0: Knowing that you've per death penalty cases, do those weigh on you more than anything else, just given the gravity of what the potential punishment is?
1: Uh, Yes and no. Um, I have the the good fortune of not having to decide what the sentence will be. The jury, it's the only time the jury decides the punishment. We -hmm. tell most people, if you find this person guilty of armed robbery or rape, I'll decide the sentence. But for murder, if it's first-degree murder... Uh, and this what we call an aggravating um, circumstance or factor, then the jury goes into a second phase to decide is the sentence death or life imprisonment without parole. So part of the pressure is off that I don't have to decide. Of course, I have to impose the death penalty, and I've done that. uh, When the jury comes back with, I can't, if I wanted to, I couldn't substitute my my judgment for that. But death is different, and the stakes are higher in a death case, and... You know, we we really, I mean, we try to be fair and and leave no stone unturned in every case, but in the death case, we really slow down the pace mm. to make sure that I, I discovered when I move too fast, that's when I make mistakes, and I, you know, really, really slow it down just to make sure that we're doing everything right, dotting every i, crossing every t. So uh, yes and no, it's 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 it would be. More stressful if I had to make the decision, mm-hmm. but I do have to make decisions that may result in in a death verdict uh, coming back from the jury. So uh, there is there's a lot of pressure there that keeps you up sometimes at night.
0: So I wonder, as as we're getting close to to wrapping things up, sir, if you hadn't been a judge, if you hadn't been a lawyer, what would you have done career wise?
1: I. I I might have gone uh, into um, into some aspect of uh, radio, television, and motion pictures hmm. when I was a rising senior in high school. I went to a, an institute in Chapel Hill that that was to coax rising seniors to come to Chapel Hill to ma- uh, study radio, television, motion pictures. Okay, and I used to, as a kid, I would produce my own little home movies, had plots, and got my friends in them. Hmm. And as I said, I've been into acting and. And uh, learned radio back then, and so uh, I might have gone into. I don't think my talent was ever good enough, r- <laughs> really. To I mean, it was good on, am- pretty good on amateur basis, community thing. Sure, but sure. Yeah, I might have gone. Uh, you know what? I might have gone into uh, teaching in college.
0: Mm-hmm. I have
1: taught. One of the things that I might do, uh, Janet, uh, you ask about. I might go back into teaching. I have taught at the Gaston College. And, uh, uh, and the paralegal program of the criminal justice system. I uh, love that. I love to I, – I, I, I haven't done the online uh, teaching. I like seeing the, mm-hmm. the, the students and interacting personally. Also, um, I taught at Gardner-Webb uh, University in uh, okay. the evening in their adult education program, legal courses. And at the Charlotte School of Law, which, was, which is not there now, sadly, but I taught about five years there. I had the best time. Mm-hmm. But wonderful courses, and had such a good time, and I really enjoyed. I really, you know, I, I might have been a, I might have been a college professor. Okay. What about? Doesn't also.
2: Gaston have a broadcasting program? They do. Yeah,
1: they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. You ever so. thought
2: about teaching something like that? Well,
1: I, outside, uh, you know, I don't. It, as I say, there may be a bunch of doors that open yeah. up. You know, yeah. I, I've, I've I've taken it once. This is my second week, so oh, right, yeah, you know, true, right. <laughs> second week <of> retirement, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I would have a lot to learn. The, everything's changed so much since I started studying that stuff fifty years ago. But I've enjoyed getting it from what little exposure I've done filling in out it or being DJ for a day at the college uh, station. I, I've really enjoyed that. So yeah, I might uh, take some courses out there and maybe even teach or help out out there, whatever.
0: I, I did mean to ask earlier, and I sure. kind of forgot about it. What role were you playing when the adult? drug court was kind of getting off the ground because that's something that has just recently launched right after you stepped down from the bench
1: uh indeed the drug courts came into being statewide in the uh late 80s early 90s i want to say and there were several different models several different paradigms of it some more successful than others and uh there were some that really had a wonderful success rate so we, we we talked about that over the years here in gaston County. Whatever reason, we just never got off the ground. So when it it began to uh, gain momentum, Judge and I knew I was going to have to retire mm-hmm. uh, the next year. This was last year. I knew I was going to have to retire. Judge David Phillips, who is our other, we have seven district court judges. But there's only two supreme court judges. The other supreme court judge, David Phillips, who, who, who's been there for three years now, uh, who was a the premier criminal lawyer here in the town, had done a lot of drug cases. He he volunteered to step forward and and work with the district attorney's office and the public defender's office right. and the county on the drug court. And so I acquiesced in that. and was happy letting him do that. Gave it every support I could in terms of encouragement, moral support, and what have you. But uh, and so I think we got a good program. It, it's still in its early stages, but right. it's it, it's it's going
0: well. Well, and something just maybe a bit of that different approach in trying to work more. My understanding that we're trying to work with first-time offenders, people that have, you know, kind of a, uh, a small amount of drugs that are for use, not for sale, obviously, um, and working through more of the rehabilitation track Absolutely. Than, than the Absolutely. punishment track. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, Adam. Janet, anything else?
2: Well, when you said what was your role in the drug court program, I thought you were going to ask it what his favorite role was on the stage. So ah.
1: <laughs> what's been your favorite role on the stage? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> there was, um, one year when I had two fun roles and I played a bunch of different roles. I played the illegitimate son of King Arthur in uh, Camelot. Ooh. And I played, uh, you know, I played, uh, I, I did a one man show called St. Mark's gospel, which involved memorizing the book of Mark. It was, oh, wow. it, it, uh, uh, in the King James Version, which is the Elizabethan oh, wow. English, which lends itself to it. It had been done in England. Uh, Ian McKellen had done it back in the early 70s. And, hmm. But I, so I think my favorite roles, uh, a number of years ago, I, I did a two-person show called Sleuth, which is kind of a thriller, and the, the film version had Laurence Olivier. I got to play the part that Laurence Olivier did and Michael Caine. Wonderful, and then right after that, I did play it against Sam, where I played the Woody Allen character. Okay, talk about comic, and <laughs> uh, I love oh, yeah. the Woodman, love Woody Allen. So, I uh, <laughs> did that man, and so I went from this mystery drama, heavy drama, to uh, just a fun mm-hmm. razor sharp comedy. And uh, so,
2: uh, do you have anything coming up that you're performing in?
1: You no, know, I haven't done it's I have, but you know what? Now I, the kids are grown. Mm-hmm, yeah, so. uh, I'm single. I've got time. Hey, I. I, I I'm uh I'm retired so That's exciting. Uh, we'll come see you. I, for I sure. may get back yeah. into it. Thank you, Janet. Thank, thank
2: you, You can come to Savvy Citizen too and use your radio voice to do my <laughs> intros too <laughs> when you're <retiring.
0: laughs> You're so good, thank you. Y'all are great. Thank you. Well Judge Caldwell, thank you so much for for spending some time with us and uh sharing a bit about you know the the years that you've spent on the bench and, and serving Gaston County. Thank you, Adam
1: Janet. It's it's a it's a pleasure and honor to be here and uh uh I look forward to seeing you all around mm-hmm. and uh Keep on, keep on.